tonight's Wizards of Odd episode is sponsored by Silk City Hot Sauce. Silk City Hot Sauce from Vermont is a perfect fit for the Wizards of Odd podcast. They're oddly creating the best sauce in the business. Silk City has a tight relationship with the Dutton Farm, also from Vermont, and they grow all the peppers and various ingredients for those Silk City blends. Flavors like Dragon, featuring a blend of fire-roasted and grilled peppers, roasted squash and maple syrup. The Jezebel, featuring fresh raspberries, strawberries, and green habaneros. Killer Hop blends, really hot peppers like habanero and ghost with carrots, apple cider, and garlic, and my favorite, hot syrup, the epitome of Vermont hot sauce. It's a blend of maple syrup, apple cider, and freshly squeezed long hot cayenne peppers. The artwork on the bottle is amazing. Comic book illustrators have put their artistic touch to those bottles. So go to silkcityhotsauce.com, use the coupon code ODD for 15% off, Go to SilkCityHotSauce.com and remember to use coupon code ODD. The world we know is a collection of stories, tales, and legends, either real or imagined. All need to be told. There is a place to tell them. So if you want to go there, just click your heels and come join us. The Wizards of Odd. Yes, the Wizards of Odd, you have found us. Don, how are you tonight? Permission to come aboard? Yes, you can come aboard. Thank you, Captain. <laughs> so sit right back and we'll say tell, tell of a fateful trip. No, we're not paying any royalties. I know, so that's stop why. Stop it right now. <laughs> um. Welcome to the Wizards of Odd podcast. Tonight we have a new episode for you. Before we go into that, I want you to please make sure that you hit that like button and the subscribe button if you're a new listener. Uh, If you get the chance where you can rate us, please do that on whatever podcast platform you listen to. We got some extremely encouraging analytics over the weekend Mm. on how the show is doing. And we want to keep that up and we want to try to take it to the next level. Apparently we have a pulse. A little bit of a pulse. You know, listen, we're a little lazy. We we are... (laughs) You are a little lazy. So I can imagine if only we were able to... Unfocused, maybe. Yeah, that's probably a better word. We get unfocused at times. We're not lazy because we're involved in too many other things. (laughs) Keep us busy, but you know. You know, it's funny. My wife said, um, because I've taken a golf lesson and I want to start playing. Oh, boy. Here we go. I want to start playing golf. And my wife says to me, she goes, you know... You play the play the guitar. Just as soon as you start getting pretty good, you gave it up. Now you're doing something else. Now you've got the podcast. Now you're playing golf. She goes, "Are you able to focus on one thing?" Tell her, like, nope. don't you do? Take the guitar with you to the golf lesson. Tell her you're just combining it. <laughs> I have a little song I'd like to call for. 
So please go to our website, wizardsofoddpodcast.com. You can email us at wizardsoddpodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Don, I didn't tell you this yet. I completely Uh -uh. forgot before we started. Surprise. But um, the person who I went on the Ireland trip with, who's from Michigan, Shane, Uh who's a new listener, he actually has a couple of stories from a farmhouse that he lived in in oh, Michigan. Oh, those are always good. And uh, so wow. I told him we'll set something up for the oh, next yeah. week or two. Oh, that sounds great. We'll get it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that should be really I like interesting. That. I like that because, you know, it's, this is unbridled. This is like unadulterated stuff from somebody you know, yeah. who's there. Like just tells a private little story. Yep, that. and we want to hear that. But, Excellent. Um, but tonight, tonight we are hitting the high seas, Don. Yeah, well, the sea's high one way or the other. We are going to talk about ghost ships. Ghost ships. Yeah, you know, and this is, uh, this is yeah, it's funny just to hear ghost ships because it's, it's, ever since you're young, you hear all these stories about, the ocean is just so damn mysterious. It, it and really it's so is. dangerous. Yeah. And people realize you go out on a ship or something, everybody's got a job to do and you got to do it. Yeah. Because that one person might screw you up. It's really, right. you got to pay attention all the time. You know, the thing, though, uh, with the ocean, the, the pro- it's so vast. Oh, yeah. And you're just, even the largest ship you're on. I remember being on a cruise, and it was about 11.30 or so at night. Peachy had been seasick, so she was in the cabin. And I'm leaning over the railing, just looking at everything. And then I realized... Holy shit, someone can just come up and snatch me out of the ocean. That's because you're from New Jersey. Yeah. That's like, who's that joke? Jay Leno. Because people go out to LA and they got they look down Mulholland Drive and they look over the top and everything. They look down and they go, Oh, look at the view, it's so great. He goes, Being from New York and New Jersey, like, oh, I could kill somebody here. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean that that is true. Well, that is true because if you go over the sh- you're in the middle of the night or you're something. Done. And that happens, a lot of people get really hammered on shit. Yes. Yes, and they, they shouldn't do. go up on deck. They go by the railing. I mean, I, you know, so when you're on a ship for a few days, it's funny. You get off, you step on dry land, and you feel like you're wobbling. Yes, you, feel you have like to you're you have to adjust. Yeah, because yeah. you have your sea legs. Yeah, yep. they used to call them. But a lot, a lot of people, to me, at first when I thought of ghost ships, I only thought about ships ghosts. like the fl- ghosts and the Flying Dutchman. But in reality, they they categorize. Um, other types of ghost ships that we'll get into. Yeah, there, there's a few different types of ships involved in these stories. They're all mystery stories. Yes. They're all mysterious. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have the ones that are like uh, ghost, real like uh, ghost real ships. Paranormal. Paranormal, like yeah. you know, something emanating. Mm-hmm. Then you have ones that just uh, disappear or come back again under mysterious circumstances. Yep. And then you have the, the regular ones that are just people just missing off the boat. Now, you don't know if it's some kind of murder or, or something happening. You just don't yeah. know. So there's a variety of mysteries under this ghost yeah. ship. But they all are. And that's it's appropriate because they are very spooky. Because they're all very spooky stories. Because you don't want to be think of yourself out on a boat in the middle of nowhere. In the middle of the ocean, which is vast. Yeah. And suddenly something happens. You've all got to get out of the boat. I mean, you know, you're not going to do no, that. I'm People not are getting, nervous enough to be on the boat. I'm not getting out of the boat. It's not happening. You know, and people think, you know, the Atlantic is, is bad enough, but the Pacific is wild. And worse than yeah. that, you have the Indian Ocean. Nobody knows what's going on there at all. Right, <laughs> right. But There's I nothing mean, there. But when you think of, when you think of the ghost ships, I, I know for most people, the first vision that comes 
to mind is the Flying Dutchman, which allegedly it's a legend about a ghost yeah, ship. Yeah, this is a very old story. And was never able to make port, but doomed to sail the seven seas yeah, forever. The cursed ship. And that's the key where they say it's doomed to sail the, sail the seven seas. So it's not like it's only seen in one area. No, of no, the it's world. seen. All, supposedly, it's seen all around the world. Yes, it, all it, it appears in weird spots. They'll say they spotted a ship that looked like a, you know, the type of ship that it was, and then they'll, they'll figure out what's going. And either they try to chase it, disappears. Right. I mean, so whatever reason, people see ships like that. And for the Flying Dutchman, though, the thing about seeing that one, it's supposed to be. A um, a precursor to something really bad happening, and yeah, I got to tell you, and, and sailors are some of the most superstitious people you'll ever meet. Yes, they are because you just, they they're kind of the worst than baseball players. But the thing is, that there's a lot of superstitions involved because they're based around things you just don't do. It's yeah. like all the unwritten rules, right? You know what I mean, anybody who goes onto a ship or people have, I know have been in the navy, or whatever. It is, they always look. You got to have somebody who takes you kind of under their wing. A petty officer or some kind of, they like you, they show you the ropes, they yeah. help you out, because otherwise, you know, you don't know what, it's like you go in, you don't know what's really going on, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, um, like, there are so many, you know, literary uh, things about ships seeing the Flying Dutchman, where they say, yeah. you know, they had to go to Europe, or they had to go to the Cape, uh, like one of the Cape, uh, Cape of Good Horn, Cape of Good Hope, get the ship refitted, then they start heading back to Europe, they hit a storm, and then they say that all they can see is this dark, thick cloud that kind of appears on the ocean, and they can see the outline of this, this like, five-masted ship. Like it's almost come to a portal. Or yeah, something. right, that is. It's almost and like thing, a too, portal. The ocean, you know as well, we've seen it ourselves. The ocean... It's just the weather out on the ocean is bizarre because you get huge storms in the middle of nowhere and you're looking back. You could see them for miles because you could see them coming or going. Yeah. And and they just squall up in the middle of nowhere. You got to be careful for everything. And when we talk about sightings of this, um, again, very much like UFOs and Bigfoots and ghosts, you have prominent people. Okay, so Prince George of Wales, the future King George V, he was on a three-year voyage during his late adolescence in 1880 with his older brother, Prince Albert Victor of Wales, and their tutor, John Neil Dalton, and their ship was being repaired. And then when they finally got back out off the coast of Australia at 4 a.m. on July that, that, 11th. And that, that was a huge, perilous trip in those days. Huge. Not great now. And, and it took months and months to well, you get, do. That's why people were more concerned with these ship stories back then or seeing them because it was something that they, it was a fear they had because they were journeying into the unknown going on the ocean. Yeah. That's how you traveled, yeah. you know. But they said at 4 a.m. the Flying Dutchman crossed our bows, a strange red light as of a phantom ship all aglow, in the midst of what which lights the mast, spars and sails, and they watched it just go. Uh, Thirteen persons all together saw it, and at 10.45 a.m., the ordinary seaman who had this morning reported the Flying Dutchman fell from the four topmast cross trees onto the top gallant forecastle, and they were smashed to atoms. So He fell into the forecastle? The foxhole, yeah. So 
those guys that saw it had some kind of a bad experience. Bad experience. Well, and and died from and it. And apparently, from the stories, they all recognize it because of a specific configuration. Yeah, they were able to see it and go, yeah. "Oh, that's the Dutchman," because nothing else was like that at that time. Kinda, and it, doesn't it remind you of kind of like a pirate ship? Oh, exactly, exactly. It's, it's right? like some kind of yeah, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's exactly. it's like something happened yeah. and they're yeah. just doomed to travel. You know, and people were always afraid of that stuff back in the old days. These were things people would disappear, weird things would happen on the ocean. You know, yeah. And you don't know. I mean, and there's uh, you look at things like even get stories. Uh, there's stories even about the Titanic still. Some people diving on it or going down there and searching around it have seen figures like in, in windows and doorways in uniform. Right. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I mean, why not? I mean, we see, you know, ghostly apparitions in, in houses and Well, these are heavy places. imprints and water is always involved as a... Uh, a conduit. As a, as a, like. Yeah, for, for any kind of spiritual thing is always involved yeah. in water. I mean, so who knows what the effect that is with the, the electrolytes and all that stuff. Who knows how this stuff works, but... Yeah. yeah, and it's very, we talk about the dangers of these things. People have to realize, like, even when I think of things like, because uh, I was always, as a kid, I was into, like, explorers was one of the things I was into. Mm-hmm. And you think about Columbus, people, you know, he's not a good guy, he didn't do this. He, I get it. I get the bad things he probably participated in and everything. Oh, this, the people were already here, he didn't discover America, they were already here. Yeah, but nobody knew they were here. The same from Europe, Europe that was advanced at the time, discovered an open territory that was new right. because it was being written from a European perspective, better or worse, good or bad. But the thing is, he took three tiny ships. Tiny ships. And sailed into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Oh, people knew there was stuff there. No, they didn't know. Somebody had a map, a hand-drawn map. Oh, right. yeah. So they just, I'm not saying he, he did, you know, he established great things after he got there, but getting there, and people go, he's not a great, he's a bad guy. Who nice cares? people don't. Nice people don't run trips like that. Right. I'm not saying they're going to be horrible people, but they're not going to be your friend. I, listen, I'm, and one of the ships sank. I'm going to be so um, anti PC. I don't really give a shit what he did. We're talking. I'm talking about his navigational skills. Well, let me tell you something. You're right about that. Yeah. Right. He did accomplish something. He accomplished it. He it's like it's like, from- it's like you go to the moon and you find. Uh, Artifacts there that a Martian was there before you. Does that make uh, Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin any less a hero? Right. Like do you say, oh well, you know somebody was there. Well, that's bullshit. Right. Because, and somebody sitting home in their house who never does anything, you got nerves saying anything. Here's a guy like you said took three small ships. Yeah. Got and in, I'm not even saying he's a great guy. And he just he he basically went out something. and said, I'm going west. You see now, this is where, this is where we get in trouble because with Christopher Columbus, that's a whole episode in itself, right? Christopher Columbus is one of the most mysterious people in history. For sure. And people don't realize this. They don't. People think he's some Italian guy. It turns out he was an Italian. They didn't know where he was from. His own sons on his deathbed asked him, who are we? Yeah. Because he had, nobody knew where he was Let's from. Let's do a right show thing. about him. I, th- I think I know they figured out who he was and where he's from. I'm not going to do it now because we're going to do a show. Now. We're going to do a show. But that's it. He was working for the, they think he was FBI. working for the, uh, for the, uh, CIA. The, the, the Black Hand. No, he, oh, he, he, the mafia. <laughs> he was working for the, you know, the Sendero Luminoso. I don't know. The Cosa Nostra. The Cosa Nostra. I don't know anything about Hey, come on, prank call, prank call. Come on. Um, no, but I, I, you know what I'm saying. I he he yeah. was a very mysterious man who did very interesting things for right. some reason or another. But we'll, go, we'll have to do a, a whole show on We that. will. Um, so, you, so now, here's the thing. When we talk about the Flying Dutchman... Enough ha- with the Dutch. Right. Having to... 
basically sail the seven seas forever. And back in those days, most of the, most of the people out at Mariners doing this stuff were Dutch. Yes, they were. They were Dutch, they were, Dutch or Portuguese. The, yeah, because there was the two fighting over Japan they were the at the time. Yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, one, well, the Great Lakes, although they are like giant oceans, were not part of the Seven Seas, no. so they were their own thing. But there actually is a story of they call it the Flying Dutchman of the Great Lakes, which is the story of the W. H. Glitcher which is a ship that was built in Cleveland in 1891. And the Glitcher was piloting an experimental steel hull. Hmm. The experiment didn't last very long, though, because a year... <laughs> I like the way you put that. A year after it was well, built... Well, then again... The Glitcher, the Glitcher carrying a cargo of coal from Buffalo, New York, to Milwaukee, entered a cloud of fog while sailing through the Straits of Mackinac, no one on the ship would ever be seen or heard from again. It was a load of coal? It was a load of coal. Oh, I know who did it. Krampus. Krampus. He needed the coal. According to some reports, the Glitcher has been seen since its disappearance. The Glitcher or the Gilcher? Glitcher. Oh, okay. It's called. The steamer has apparently been sailing through the fog near Mackinac Island, just as it did on that last voyage in 1892. The same reports also suggest that when the sunlight shines through the fog, the ship's whistle sounds. Wow. I mean, that's I mean, you just... wonder if this is the kind of thing that could be imprinted because it's such a... It could be such a, a massive, whatever happened, out to outlying of energy that maybe imprints itself on the background. So maybe they didn't realize something was happening, and then that's reenacting itself because they can't get past that skip in the record. And you don't realize that... The Great Lakes, like Lake Superior, you know that song, the the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh yeah. Okay, so that was um, that was a true story. <laughs> so, you know, I saw that today. I, I started watching the thing. I said the Edmund. I started. My wife looks at me, and so I'm like, "Oh, there's the Edmund Fitzgerald," oh. and she's like, "All right, let's just change that." But I mean, that Lake Superior, it they had so many ships that went down. Um, in 1902, the SS Bannockburn... The Bannockburn. Was, was Not sailing. that the Bannockburn. It left Thunder Bay on Michigan's upper right-hand side. Home of Paul Schaefer. Making its way... Nobody cares. Making its way into the <laughs> northernmost of the Great Lakes, and it ran aground. Um, legends have it that people also see this ship, and so this ship and the Glitcher are kind of known both as yeah. the Flying Dutchman the the thing is, you wonder if, if the, these things really were imprinted by situations or things that happened, if they were really imprinted that way, or people have imprinted that in their mind for some reason, and it creates that vision for them. Or maybe both, I don't know. I saw an interview on a, um, one of those uh, mystery shows where uh, there was a person who was on, he was on the shoreline of Lake Superior, and he says it was a very foggy day, and he was looking out over the shoreline. And he says, I kind of even was saying to myself, how just immense this lake is and how dangerous it is. He says, and the fog is there. And he said, I wouldn't want to be out there in this. He says, and then coming through the fog. Oh, because they're huge. Was the they, they were, Yeah, they Oh, God. And he saw, he saw it. And he was saying to people around, do you see the ship? And they said, oh, yeah, what is that? She's a bonnet man. What is that? And, They're going, uh, we are deed, but we're coming in. They were saying this. 
Yes, they were, they were puzzled. <laughs> they were puzzled. They didn't know. Well, yeah, yeah, if, yeah, that's what I mean. You weren't looking for it and you saw it. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I had to let you know. That's my granddaughter, Mia, who okay. that is her go-to for anything that is intriguing to her and puzzling. If I tell her something, she just looks at me and goes, And I don't know why I thought that would be a good idea. I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I think it's hysterical. <laughs> oh, this guy walked in, he had nine heads. What? What? Anyway. But it's amazing that these things are seen. And well, the, the, the ocean itself has such, has such deep, deep mythology. Yeah. I mean, because that was the first place where people really sailed out. I mean, think of the people that really ventured out and really started going to the ocean. The Phoenicians, maybe. Right. The Vikings, the Vikings, forget about it. Yeah. The, Vikings, the Vikings came here. Yeah, they that's had, right. But the thing is, they couldn't support themselves. Right. Because people have said to me, well, Native Americans chased them away. No, no they, I don't they, think so. No, they just didn't have enough. They couldn't supply themselves. Yeah. They were too far from home. You stretch mm-hmm. your supply line. But, you know, they realized, this is nice, but we can't support ourselves here. Yeah. I mean, uh, not to say that the Native Americans weren't bad foe, but I'm just saying, you know. Now, another really famous ship that ghost ship mysterious situations don the mary celeste that's so famous the marie celeste because it's like it was um now this is one of those things we talk about like a ghost ship this was go a ghost ship originally because it's the kind of episode that haunts the people that find it right that's why it becomes a ghost ship because you go to some place it's creepy i don't know what they'll happen here you know it's gonna stay with you it's going to mm-hmm. haunt you. Yeah. And they, I mean, they found this ship basically deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off the Azores Islands on December 4th, 1872. And the Canadian ship that found her said she was a bit disheveled, but very seaworthy, under a partial sail, and she had the lifeboat was missing. Yeah, but, the boat was missing, but they said they... Uh, everything else was intact. Everything else was fine. No crew, no no sign of why they would have left or what would have happened. They said there was plenty of food and supplies. Right. Like like they just got off the ship for some reason. They were actually transporting, I think it was alcohol. Yeah, people always say, too, like, one of the things they say, maybe it was pirates, okay? Could but, have been. But the pirates... <laughs> but, Pirates are going to tell you, get in a lifeboat. They're not going to put you in a no. lifeboat. And they're not going to leave everything on the boat. And they're going to take the they ship. They want the boat and everything that's on the boat. They'll right. get rid of you and take the boat. Yeah. So that doesn't explain that. So that doesn't so make So something sense. scary did that. The other thing is, why would you leave the boat and get in a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean, Never middle of the Atlantic the Ocean? Never why would you get boat. off the boat? Well, it would have to be something wrong with the boat. Have to be some, the only Seriously reason, the only reason you do that has to be something deadly. Like, uh, I, even if you opened up a cargo and a couple of poison snakes rolled out, you would still stay and kill the snakes. Yeah. You wouldn't say, we have to leave the boat. Right. I mean, you'd be afraid, the only thing you'd be afraid of is an explosion or fire or poison air. Now, again. And modern days, maybe radiation. Even a fire. You're on the deck of the you ship. You put it out. You have no Even choice. If you can't. You're on the deck of the ship. Okay, now I'll go overboard. 
We've reached the end well, where we can't fix this. I'll go overboard. Well, that's that wasn't a huge ship. The thing is, too, it's not like you you can't find water to put on the, on the flames. Yeah, no, you, I'm saying, what if the if the even if the fire got out of control right. to a point where you couldn't do anything, right. then you leave the ship. Yeah, but that ship wasn't damaged that way. It wasn't. It wasn't. Oh damaged no, nobody at nobody all. wants to abandon ship. Right. Oh, trust me, trust me. I know people are on ships that were almost totally destroyed and. Uh, they, they, never off, they never got off that ship unless they were taken off. Like they were, you know, they thought there was a mutiny. Now, again, if there was a mutiny, why wouldn't the people who conducted the mutiny be, They'd be still on the, on boat. the ship? They'd right? be on the boat. They would. They would just. No, it is. They wouldn't just kill the people on the ship. For if they were upset, obviously they sailed with these people for a while. Okay, right. they were the crew or whatever. Okay, if you don't want to work for him, you don't like the guy, or something was going on there, you would just say, look. I'm going to do my job, just get off my back. But you're going to do your job because you don't want to die. You're not going to say suddenly, let me get off the ship. And besides, if you threw that, that guy and his family off the ship and took the ship, now you're going to be, you're going to be hung for piracy, probably. Well, it's like the bounty, the yeah. HMS bounty. Yeah. They, they, they had a mutiny, and they put them off on an island, and yeah. they took the ship. But so this, if there was a mutiny, how come nobody took the ship? What are you going to take? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you should have brought the mutiny. The bounty, though, they did the famous version of that with Marlon Brando. I saw that one. Okay, it was great. Marlon Brando, though, bought the island. He he owns that place now. Pit Does Karen he really? Island. Yeah, he, for years, since then. Pitcairn Island? Well, that's why really? his son was part Samoan. Oh, I didn't realize but that. But he, he uh, has left him, and he, he followed it. He actually kind of owned the place and took care of them. And I know somebody, I shouldn't do but it was a cousin of his at the time, and way back, and said, and he said, you know, my uh, island there it needs a new water system. Because of cleaning water. He goes, what are you going to do, Marlon? He goes, a sequel to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the story I heard. That's pretty funny. What are you going to do about it? A sequel to Superman. A sequel to Superman. <laughs> a sequel to Superman. <laughs> and don't, get me, don't, don't make any mistake. That guy was a great actor. He was a great actor. He was just, he was a little kooky. He was, right? I mean, you got to agree with that. It was a little cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it comes with the territory. You don't expect great artists to be like everyday people. No, they you know can't. What I mean? be. Oh, here's Van Gogh at my Thanksgiving table. You want to carve? Yeah, it's just my ear. No, I mean, he does. You, know. you want to carve? And he says, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> there we go. See, that would have been a perfect time for that. I, you got to get this down. I blow it. I blow it. got to get I this down. All right, so how about this one? How about the Carol Deering? How about it? It sounds like somebody used to be on the Johnny Carson show. Now I'd like to welcome Carol Deering to the show. She's got large breasts. So the Carol Deering <laughs> was... <laughs> we did roam a little bit there for a second. What was the Deering? So the Deering's last voyage, it left Puerto Rico in ni- July 19th, 1920. It arrived in Newport News, Virginia to pick up a cargo of coal for delivery to Rio de Janeiro. Hmm. Um, the ship's captain now, just to give you some perspective, he's a hero of World War I, William Merritt. He was cited for bravery under fire, for saving his entire crew when his previous command uh, was sunk by a German submarine U-boat off, the, off Cape May, New Jersey in 1918. Oh, yeah, there's a, a lot of action there. His son was his first mate. He had a 10-man crew. And on August 26th, 
They cleared the Virginia Capes bound for Rio de Janeiro. Captain Merritt became sick. The Deering turned back, put into port in Lewes, Delaware, to drop off Merritt and his son. Lewis, Delaware. That's Lewis, where that's, Delaware. That's where the, uh, the ferry is. The ferry. That's exactly where the ferry, ferry yeah, is. I like that ferry. So they got to Rio. Then they left Rio on December 2nd, got some stuff in Barbados, and... They got had, some stuff in Barbados? Got some stuff in Barbados. Yeah, it's quite a trip. It was... I mean, every time they stopped somewhere, they had weird stuff well, going that's on. Well, that's why back then, you knew who was a sailor, because they would come back with some kind of carving or uh, a weird piece of jewelry or, or piercing, and they would have tattoos because they were sailors. They went somewhere to get a tattoo for that ship or something. Right. It's not like they just go out today and you just throw a bunch of writing on you, you know. And because they, it's, for sailors, there's, there's certain rites of passage that are very important. Yeah, like I when mean, you cross the equator, right? Like the, you just have that, like and then that. there's one. There's one. Uh, my father had when he crossed the southern longitude there. I, I don't know where it is, but they become. You get the shellbacks, so mm-hmm. the, and you get you get a certificate and everything. I have mine from World War Two, but I knew a guy who had it in Vietnam. Had the same thing. It's just an updated version of it. The shellback. You cross certain lines. You go to certain places. You get credit for that. Because yeah. these guys get on ships, they go out for a long time. And they were in places they'd never seen before. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. these guys, they're new, you know. Now, now they saw, they were sighted off the coast of Cape Hatteras. And people said they were coming too close to the shoals, which would be a problem. Like on April 11th, <coughs> the local fisherman said, um, you know, yeah, because there's a lot of shoals. Yeah, there's a lot of reefs and shoals and sandbars and all that. And stuff. then when they did hit those, the weather was too bad for them to go out there. And then they go out there, and everyone is gone. The ship is completely yeah. Empty. They they went out there, and the, the ship itself was there, but there was nobody but there. But there was nobody on the ship, which explains why I probably uh, ran aground because nobody was steering it. But people don't realize these ships, and we have several cases of this. Where people leave a ship or people die or a ship gets abandoned, and that ship keeps going for a long time. It's yeah. a big ocean. It'll pick up. It'll pick up a current, pick up a, an air stream or something. They'll just keep going. Yeah, you're just they're just not being steered anymore. Yeah, they're just they did, but they do show around. up. Yeah, but it's amazing how many of these ships just show up with nobody on them, no evidence of where no. the people have gone. And the, the other one, the Orang Medan. The Orang Medan. Was and another that, one. That is a very strange story for several reasons. Uh, Orang Medan, it, it's an in, see, the thing is, people looked into it and they said, oh, I can't find any registration for this ship that it really uh, existed. And some people said, well, it was out of uh, Sumatra. So they may mm-hmm. have their own, their own things there. But also, it very possibly could have been a ship that was pirated at one point and was renamed and just was never registered. Because the name of it was the Orang Madan, which means uh, the man of Madan. Okay. Because that's like uh, Indonesian, Orang. Because Orangutan, which they live in Indonesia, it means old man of the forest. So it means man. Orang means man. Mm -hmm. Orang Madan means man. So this ship, it was like they were getting getting messages from it, right? They were. They, They were getting messages from the ship. 
Um, but then this messages started getting very strange. Yeah, they were very they were very troubled. Like like there was a, like an immediate danger. It wasn't even like a mayday mayday. It was like, look, we're all dying. Like this one said, um, a radio operator aboard the vessel sent the following message in Morse code: SOS from Orang Medan. We float. All officers, including the captain, dead in chart room and on bridge. Probably whole of crew dead. And then after a few more incoherent dots and dashes, his final two words that he sent was, I die. I die. Not even I'm dead, I die. I die. Yeah, that's that's very strange, you know what I mean? It's almost like Monty Python. Well, he wouldn't take time to carve, ah. Nothing ever, they never heard from them again. And then when they, Yeah, that was the last thing they heard, supposedly. The la- then they eventually find it's undamaged. They try a rescue. Oh, because ships who come across other ships, you, you, you uh, hail the ship. Yeah, all the because time. Because you want to know where they're going. Where are you going? What are you doing? Because on the seas, no ship will ever leave another ship. Well, yeah, plus you want to know who's going where. Right. Yeah, but if there, there's a problem... They'll help you. It's the law. You have to, yeah, you have it's, to. It's the law to see. It doesn't matter if you're the enemy, whatever you're doing. That's why you see people do something and somebody falls off a ship. You're totally wrong because you're supposed to rescue anybody. Yeah. Because yep. you're out there. You want to make sure anybody pulls you out of that water. We actually, on a cruise going around Cuba, were delayed because they thought they had been radioed that there were um, refugees in the water on rafts. And we would have had to pick them up. Mm. They know that. Yeah. Well, I think they just wanted a free cruise. They know that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, you so, should have taken them to Action Park. So, so this ship called the Silver Star, like I said, they eventually locate and they board the Orang Medan in an attempt at a rescue. And the ship is found littered with corpses, Including the carcass of a dog. <laughs> they were all dead on their backs. Right. With like grimaces, like looking up. Frozen. Badly like, like, frightened. Like, like, like horrified faces. Yep. It could be from pain, whatever. But their hands were like, they were like looking up, reaching up, and they were all dead on their backs. And even the dog was dead. Yeah. Resembling. Now, you're going to tell me that dog could have run up on the deck somewhere where it wasn't poison or now, something? Now, no survivors are located. No visible signs of injuries on the dead bodies were observed. And then just as they were about to tow the ship, the Silver Star hooks everything up. They're going to bring them to a nearby port. And a fire suddenly breaks out in the ship's number four cargo hold. And it forces the boarding party to hastily evacuate. And then it eventually exploded and sunk. I mean, that's very strange because if it was a toxic... If it was a toxic uh, cargo, mm-hmm. then, you know, they would have felt the toxic air when they got on the ship. Right. Why didn't they? And then when it blew up, they said, well, maybe it was carrying. See, the thing is, too, maybe it was a weird, it wasn't really a registered ship. So they think it didn't exist. But it could have been an unregistered ship that was running out of Sumatra, out of those islands, out of the archipelago there, and running things that other people wouldn't run. Weapons, yeah. explosive, yeah. nitroglycerin. Mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't explain the way they all died. I mean, because they, they got they got distress signal. They're going through the Straits of Malacco. Silver Star found them, but but they they went on the ship. Yeah, they were. They on went the ship. down into the hole. They went down into the hole into the engine yep. room, where normally it's like 
hot. There was no air down there. They went down and they said it was like about 45 degrees. It was extra cold. And they went up and they said, well, look, we're not going to mess with these bodies or anything. We'll just tow it. And that's another thing, too. People salvage. If you come across a ship, you find like that. If you found it, you could salvage it. You can make money for that. Yeah. So that's another thing. So well, they, they get we, to keep the ship, I think. Yeah, pretty much. That's if, what I'm saying. You Whatever you want to do with it, it fix it up and sail it, whatever. Yep. It's your ship now. Yep. Or you get money for it, depending on who's looking for it. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a pretty wild one, too. I mean, and they say, who knows what that is? And some people say, I actually read a story. This is where I talk about stories that evolve and they add things that weren't there originally. This is a story that's been around a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was years ago I read about this. I didn't really follow it many yep. years, but I yep. read about this. It was, it's a famous case. I saw something today where they said, actually, uh, people don't know there was a crew member that was still alive. He was a German guy, and he explained that they had volatile stuff on there and such and such happened. No, I don't think that's true. No, I've never that's heard that anywhere else. No. I've never heard that. That's because somebody wants to debunk it, so I'll add my own debunking information in yeah. there. You know what I mean? Because that's why I hang on to the old books with these stories and everything, because they give you a lot more information than you think, but they don't make up the information the way they do now. Yeah. Because now people here have a, they have a, you have a, a way you want, a narration, a narrative that you want to take the story to, you know, you just, you just take it that way. Yeah. And you can't, you got to look at what's there in the story. And even if you don't know what the answer is, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you'll put together one day, you don't know. Now I've got just one more ship to talk about, unless you have anything. Well, else we've you covered we've covered a lot of that stuff. The Lady Lovey Bond. Lady Lovey Bond. That's the one that was really kind of really. That's a sad story. Anyway. That is a sad story. I mean, because it's something that really happened. I mean, uh, the Lady Lovey Bond. It was what seventeen forty eight, and yep. it was the day before Valentine's Day. Right. They were sailing out. The captain of the ship was getting married. He got married on the ship. They were going on their honeymoon. It was a whole thing. It was a beautiful thing. Crew was happy. But his friend and, and his best man, who was also, I guess, the first mate of the ship, he loved the woman, too. Yes. He fell in love with her. And he was all right with it. He was kind of dealing with it. Till they got married, he kind of cracked and said, I can't take this. And he grounded the ship. He steered it into the Goodwin Sands. He, he actually hit the, the guy who was taking care of the wheel. Yeah. Uh, in the back of the head with what looks like a bowling pin, like yeah, he was yeah, he, yeah, one of those, yeah. It wasn't like he was thinking of uh, stopping it anymore. No, he wasn't worried about that. So went right into the Goodwin Sands, killing everyone. Aboard. Everybody died. Yep, everyone. But the thing is that the first sighting of this phantom ship mm. was actually seen on the thirteenth of February, seventeen ninety eight was reported by at least two ships, the Edinburgh and a fishing vessel. And its alleged 1848 appearance convinced local seamen that a wreck had occurred. They sent out lifeboats from the little town of Deal, which was off the coast of Kent. Every 50 years. Every 50 years. They thought they can rescue survivors. And then when they got out there, they they even saw this white glow. And when they got out there, there was nothing there. Now, there was no sighting in, uh, in 1998. So it appears that the sightings have ended. Mm. But for a few times there, every 50 years, there were sightings. Sightings to the point where one group of people, fishermen, said, we got to go help these people. And maybe those lights under the, under the sea there were USOs. 
Yeah. You don't know. You wonder. You yeah, wonder. that's a horrible story because it's like somebody's not happy. You take everybody with you. You see that a lot yeah. today. It's like, no, you just go. Yeah, exactly. Why I'm sorry you have, you have to everybody? go, but don't take everybody with you. Don't take innocent people with you. I know. Don't be stupid. Because now so, you have to pay. So there's our little bit of ghost ships. A little ships. bit of that. Actually, a lot bit. We talked yeah, about... Yeah, you know. And there's a lot and more And there's ships. a lot more. It's just <laughs> the whole ph- the phenomenon of uh, ship sightings yeah. and missing ships and mirages. Like, they still see on the Great Lakes to look out and see... Uh, they'll think they'll see a ship out in the distance. Yeah. And they'll go, no, it's a mirage. But a mirage of what? Buildings from where? Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's... that's and you'll always have somebody explain it, like a meteorologist. Well, the way the clouds... Well, there's, there's a weather the inversion that caused the, uh, the woman to kill herself and yeah, drive right. onto the sands. And then when the pirates came, they said, we'll see you in 50 years when the clouds come back. And that's what causes And that's, uh, that's the story of the blues. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. So these are things that go back many, many years. And yeah. each, each, you know, each environment has its own stories. You have jungle stories. You have desert stories. We've seen yeah. that. Yeah, these are sea stories though, because most of the world is ocean. Yeah. And then now yeah. you have, because now you have uh, planes too, jet planes and stuff. You have, you know, MH whatever disappeared over, leaving uh, Indonesia, going to China, disappeared over the Indian Ocean. Now we're going to have ghost planes. Yeah, exactly. That's what you have. There, there have been planes where people have uh, died and the plane keeps going. Yeah. Like well, it'll, it'll decompress. Who that was it Lear? Who is remember it? the one, yeah, with the golfer on it. Yes. And it just that? it just kept going it for miles. It just kept going and until it eventually mile. ran out of yeah. um yeah, ran out so of So there's your ghost ship. Right? Yeah. And it, like you get to the uh, you get to the Indian Ocean though, there's really nowhere there to go. I no. mean you have you have off of Africa you have maybe Madagascar or something. You have Indonesia, which is a million miles away. Then you have, if you go south Indian Ocean, you're going into Antarctica. Yeah, and you go to the top of Indian Ocean is where most of the traffic is. You have the Middle East, you have India, the subcontinent, and all that. But the only real place they have with listing posts and everything there is uh, Diego Garcia, right? Which is a small island, which is just one of our bases we fly yeah. out of. And they have listed, but they have things planted too. They have, they have sonar planted all over the place. You know, yeah, they have networks. Oh yeah, so they, they can te- they can tell they can, all the other subs are. And well, they can area. also tell if anyone is. Um, is firing off like um, nuclear, weapons. nuclear weapons. They can get it. Yeah, they, they've been doing seismic stuff for that for years. Yeah, that's like people talk about. That's why they do the uh, the mutilations. They're checking on radiation and the food, but but they don't realize this. There's there's always like fifty to hundred people a year that they test anyway. They live near those yeah. places. They have a whole program that tests people for radiation. Hmm. But aside from that, there are ghost ships out there. There are there are ghost Some ships. Some of them may be nuclear, but we don't know yet. Well, I guess eventually we'll find out. We will indeed find out, Ted. Once Don, you get out there on that boat, episode. once you get out there on that boat, we're going to find out a lot of stuff. I may be selling that boat, and I would say, "What? <laughs> you going to sell your boat? <laughs> oh my! What? Exactly. All right. Don, this is a lot of fun. Um, and we have a couple of good ones coming up. Remember, oh, we're going to yes. have Shane on pretty soon, and um, we have some really. Strange stuff coming up. Have a great night. You too. Go Devils.